bit. And uh, he was going through some things for about a week, and, and I let him know that all of you were praying for him and that the Lord would bring him through it. And, and the beauty of it was that once everything got settled and enough test run to find out what in the world's going on, he had vertigo, <laughs> had a sinus infection. But he knew it was the power of prayer. He knew that people were praying for him. I want you to realize how powerful your prayer is. And, and we, we look at WhatsApp. There are many, many prayers being answered. Many situations are going out and people are calling on the name of the Lord and he's doing a mighty work. I just want to say thank you that to your yielding to that, that when you see a need and then you're, you respond to it, Lord, I believe that you could take care of this. I believe that you could handle this. I am so glad tonight there's nothing too hard for God. There's not a situation he can't handle. There's not a problem he can't solve. There's not a life he can't turn around. If we put our faith and our trust in him, that when we pray, God is doing the miraculous. God is working behind the scene. I don't have to see it. You don't have to see it. But we're believing God for the results to come of what we are praying for. And I just want to encourage somebody tonight. Don't stop praying. Don't give up. Realize that God is doing exactly what you're asking him to do, whether it's healing a loved one, delivering a loved one, bringing a loved one back, crying out for the backslider to come back to God. Whatever you are praying, God is answering that prayer tonight. God is working in our behalf tonight. The Lord is on my side tonight. He believes in you tonight. And when we would just cry out to God tonight, whatever your need is, whatever you need God to take care of tonight, could you just reach out to him tonight? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're believing for mighty, mighty things tonight, God. We've come to magnify that name of Jesus. We've come to lift you up. We've come to give praise and glory and honor unto thee tonight, Lord God, for great things you're doing in our hearts and in our lives, God, in our loved ones tonight, God. We thank you for it tonight. Our co-workers tonight, God. Everybody you put in my life and put around me, Lord God. And I thank you for those prayer requests for those we've never met, Lord God, may never meet, but that we can call on your name, Lord God, and your spirit moves into that home, into that hospital room, into wherever that is at. And God, you begin working mightily and powerfully and wonderfully in their lives, Lord God. And we thank you for it tonight, God. And we thank you for it tonight, God, for what you're working and doing in the Holy Ghost, Lord God. We thank you tonight. It's only the beginning of miracles, only the beginning of signs and wonders, God, that you hunger to do, that you desire to do within this valley, Lord God. So we're believing you tonight, God. You've put everything in place uh, for a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. God, you've put everything in place, God. Every Bible study being taught, every man, every woman, every child that is being witnessed to today, God, it's for the glory of God tonight that, God, you would be exalted. You would be worshiped. You would be praised for the work you're doing in their lives tonight, God. Thank you tonight, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I worship you, Lord. I Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. For a number of years, at the conclusion of every altar call, we would take time and thank God for what he had done, recognizing it was him who moved in that service. Filled with the Holy Ghost, brought conviction where people repented, where people were baptized, where people were delivered. I wonder if, you know, the psalmist said, and enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I wonder tonight if we could just lift up some thanksgiving to the Lord. Could you thank him for what he's doing in your heart? The prayers he's answered, the lives he's touching, the situations that God is taking care of in your behalf tonight. Lord, I come to you tonight, Lord. We are so thankful tonight, God. Our hearts are full tonight. We are rich in the presence of God tonight. And we thank you for it tonight, God. I don't want to take it for granted tonight that I'm in the presence of the Lord. So I thank you tonight for allowing all of us to be in your presence. All of us to feel the Spirit of God working and moving tonight, God. Thank you for the prayers you're answering, Lord God. Thank you for the lives you're changing, Lord God. Thank you for the men and women you're moving on, Lord God. Thank you for everything you're doing tonight, God. Thank you, Lord God, that the hand of God rests on each and every one of us tonight, God. That the hand of God has blessed us, Lord God. We are truly, truly blessed tonight to know you and to walk with you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we have not had to suffer and face things that many others have faced, God, because of the hand of God on our life. And we count it an honor and a privilege tonight to serve you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for loving me, Lord God. Thank you for believing in me tonight, God. Thank you for working in me tonight, Lord God. Thank you for seeing things in me I couldn't see in myself tonight, God. And we thank you for it tonight. We thank you for it tonight. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a clap offering tonight of thanksgiving? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. You're so awesome, Lord. You're so wonderful. Hallelujah. And we thank you tonight, Lord God. Thank you tonight. Hallelujah. God is so good tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I'd like us to just pray right where we are a little bit more here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. I think we witnessed that. And so he is here. And so sometimes it takes us in our pushing out the day for us to be here. And he's drawing us. This is evident. Could we just continue to talk with him? Hallelujah. We are waiting on you, Lord. We are waiting on you, Lord. Hallelujah. We are waiting on you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything we have need of, we find in you, Lord. It is you that supplies all of our need. 
according to your riches and glory. Hallelujah. We trust in you. We worship you. We magnify and glorify you tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we worship you, Jesus. Not just words from my mouth, but Lord, the cry of my heart, I worship you. I worship you because you are worthy of my worship. I praise you because you are worthy of my praise. I lift you up, Lord, not because I'm anything, but because you are everything. I praise you. You have brought me out of darkness into your marvelous light. I glorify you. You have washed me in your blood, cleansed me by your blood. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you. I worship you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, I magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah, I glorify you, the living God. You are worthy to receive honor, worthy to receive glory, worthy to receive praise. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Praise God, praise God, praise God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not stalling. We're just waiting right here. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I praise you because you are worthy. I praise you because you are healing. I praise you because you are reaching even now to my lost loved one. I praise you for the miracle that you are doing that I cannot yet see. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Hallelujah. 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 Let me have your attention just a minute. Let me have your attention just a minute. There is a principle in the Word of God that if we would learn it and practice it, our lives would change. Hear me. 
our lives would change. Our human nature says, I'll praise God after he does what I want him to do. That's our human nature. I'd really like this to happen. Man, when it happens, I'll rejoice. I'll praise God. But we find in Scripture, my mind goes to a place in Scripture where the children of Israel were facing an enemy. And the word of the Lord came to the king. I think it was Jehoshaphat. The word of the Lord came to him and said, Hey, you go out and fight. I'm going to give you the victory. Now, he was surrounded by the enemy. He did not have victory yet. But you know what he had? He had a word from God. And so he had faith. I've heard from God. So he had so much faith. You know what he did? He called the army together. He said, I want you back here. And I want the priest. Would you get everybody that sings And I want you to put the singers in front of the army and head out to battle. Now that sounds foolish to you and I. What are you talking about? You're outnumbered. If you read it in scripture, they were outnumbered in a great way. They were outnumbered. But Jehoshaphat had enough faith in the word of God that he said, all right, if the Lord said it, I'm going to send out when we head out to battle. We're just going to put the people that sing in front. And when you go, I want you to go singing and praising God for victory. Hold on a minute. You're going to get them killed if you put the army behind them. No, I got a word from God. I'm just going to start praying. And the scripture says that they went out and they began to sing and praise God. And as they began to sing and praise God, he began to send confusion among the enemy. And they begin to war against themselves. Some of you aren't getting it. Our human nature waits to praise God until he does something. I'm going to tell you, I've got words of faith right here. I got word that promises me that if I ask anything according to his will, I will have that which I ask. There are some things I'm praying I haven't seen yet, but I know to be the will of God. And so I've decided, you know what? I've prayed the will of God. I believe the word of faith. I'm just going to start praising him for it. Well, I'm waiting for it to happen. Why don't you just start praising him for his word that he's promised of what he said he would do. You say, oh, you're trying to hype me up. I am not trying to hype you up. I'm trying to get praise in your spirit to a God that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or even think, according to his power that works within us. In the name of Jesus, we praise you, Lord, that the high praises of God be in our mouth. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I thank you for healing. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for salvation. I praise you, God. Mm.
I praise you for the word of faith. I praise you for the word of faith. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, there's some things. There's, there's some things. The Lord convicted me. There's some things I've stopped praying for. And when it comes to my mind, I just praise for. I've prayed for it long enough. He's heard my prayer. I trust his timing. I'm done praying for. I've decided I'm going to start praising for. I'm praising for. I, I'm, I'm going to. Man. I'm trying to. I'm trying to release some faith that I have in my spirit. Sister Brittany, I've just started praising for Pete. I'm not praying for him anymore. Sister Stephanie, I'm not praying for Bobby anymore. I'm praising for him. You say, oh, you haven't seen anything yet. No, but God is well able. And I've decided I can pray and moan and groan, or I can lay it on the Lord in faith and prayer, and I can begin to rejoice and praise for what I know he's able and willing and will do. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. I'll tell you what I've realized in, in prayer is I can keep praying for a situation, and, and I believe in importunity, continuing to come again and again and again to the Lord. But there comes a point in time there comes a point in time where I have to begin to respond in faith. And I can, we've all done this probably if we've lived for God any length of time at all and prayed for a situation that looked hopeless. We can wear ourselves out and if you keep praying for that situation, it's not encouraging to you anymore. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like weary, oh God. You know what I'm talking And I'm not belittling that. You understand. It can be like, I, it's, it's moaning and groaning. And, and there's seasons of that. There's times for that where the Spirit of the Lord takes it. But I feel the Holy Ghost trying to get someone, someone's us. There's some situations in life where it's time to go, you know what? 
I'm done moaning and groaning before the Lord, and I'm just transitioning into praise. I'm just going to start operating in faith in that area. Praise is an expression of faith. The Lord's trying to help us. I'm just going to start praising Him for something. Now, am I saying I'm not going to pray for anything? No, there's some things I'm still going to pray for. But some things I've just decided. I already heard from the Lord about it. And I prayed what He led me to pray. And I know I prayed what He led me to pray. Therefore, I'm not praying it again. Unless He tells me to. Otherwise, I'm just going to start praising Him for it. Until I see it happen. Praise is an expression of my faith in Him. Not in the circumstances I see. And if I continue to linger praying for what He's already led me to pray for. Versus praising Him. I'm operating still in hope. Rather than in faith. You with me? Praise. Praise. Hallelujah. Well, praise it. You can be seated if you want to. My Lord, I feel so much faith right now in my spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus. You know, we find in Scripture the ten lepers. And they came to Jesus to be healed, to be cleansed. And Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. The Bible says, as they went, they became clean. Anybody ever read that? They became clean. What did they become clean of? Leprosy. But one, remember the story? One came back. What did he do? He praised. He praised. Lord, thank you. And the Lord asked him a question. Ooh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. The Lord asked him a question. Were there not ten of you? Where are the other nine? What was the Lord looking for? He was looking for praise. And notice, he said something to the praiser. He didn't say to the other nine. He said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Nine were cleansed. Cleansed of what? Leprosy. One was made whole. You say, well, what's the difference? I'll tell you the difference. It's quite possible that for a leper, they could have been missing an ear. They could have been missing part of their nose. They could have been missing parts of their body because of leprosy eating it away. And so they could have went and showed themselves to the priests and been clean from leprosy. But that doesn't mean their ear would be back, their nose would be back. Those things that had been eaten away by leprosy would have been restored. It would just mean they were clean from leprosy. But the one, the one that came back and began to praise, he was made whole. I'm telling you, there is faith in praise.
And your and my praise is an expression of faith. Is it any wonder that the scripture says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When I go to an altar and I'm praying and interceding for a lost loved one, that's heavy. But when I begin to praise God for saving them, even though I haven't seen it yet, that's a rejoicing. See the difference? Some of us lack joy just because we don't praise. Well, you may not like it, but it's true. Some of us lack joy just because we don't praise. I want to be a better praiser. I want to be a better worshiper. Amen? Well, praise God. Ready for a second Bible study? (laughs) And I, what a week this has been. There is so much in my spirit. And I feel like I could go three or four different ways, but I, Pray with me again, would you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for the people of God with a hungry heart for the things of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for strength in our weakness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for grace that is all sufficient. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I think we're going to go here. I have no idea what time it is, so if you're watching the clock, well. Hebrews chapter 1. I... um, A couple of weeks ago, I asked those who would to listen to a service from back in January, and uh, I spoke briefly uh, on the Thursday night a couple of weeks ago about they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Remember that? Uh, The Lord has not stopped speaking to me and dealing with me about angels. More these last few weeks, more than any time in my life. And I don't have it all figured out. Uh, I don't express to you that I do tonight. And I'm going to move carefully uh, because of that. I don't know that I'll ever have it all figured out. Uh, But there are some things the Lord is dealing with me about, and I believe he wants us to receive of his word in faith. Um, They that are with us are more. Uh, If you were going into a battle, and I told you that you were fighting against 100,000 people, You said, oh, my goodness, I don't know if I like the sound of that, but I told you, oh, by the way, you're going into the fight with 200,000 people. That make you feel a little bit better, right? Anybody ever play Risk? Some of you? A few of you? Risk, you have armies, right? And one of the things about Risk is 
You like to have more armies than the, the one you're going against, right? Because it's like, man, they may take some out, but, well, we must first know simple math from Scripture. How many angels were cast out of heaven with Lucifer? One-third. So how many angels remain that are not with Lucifer? Look at that. You guys knew fractions, and you didn't even know it. Look, I can give yourself a pat on the back. Two-thirds. Right. That's the majority. Okay? How many of you believe and recognize the adversary is at work in the world today? You see the results of demonic influence in our world. You recognize contrary spirits that are at work, unclean spirits that are at work. You see it, you, we recognize this everywhere we look, hear, turn, right? Yes? It seems like it's greater than it's ever been, doesn't it? Guess what? There's still more that be with us. And so all that tells me is the adversary is trying to ramp up his activity. Which means to me, the Lord's return is near. And there's a great harvest ahead. Because of the promise of the word. And so the adversary, recognizing his time is short. Is trying to do anything and everything in his system. But greater. Is he that is in me. Angels. Hebrews chapter 1. And verse number 14. Speaks of angels. And it says this about them. Are they not all. Everybody say all. Are they not all ministering spirits. Sent forth. Everybody say sent forth. To minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. I have a question for you. Who are the heirs of salvation? <laughs> who is? We are. The church. The body of Jesus Christ in the earth. All right. So let me read that again. Angels, are they not all? Everybody say all. all. Ministering spirits sent forth. Everybody say sent forth. sent forth. To minister for the church, the body of Christ, us. Some of us aren't getting it yet. We'll get it before the night's over. I have great faith. They are sent forth. They are sent forth to minister for us. When we get that revelation and begin to believe that, Lord, help us tonight. I, I want to read that verse in a few other translations. Bible in basic English says, Are they not all helping spirits who are sent out as servants to those whose heritage will be salvation? 
The English Revised Version says, All the angels are spirits who serve God and are sent to help those who will receive salvation. The English Standard Version says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? The Contemporary English Version says, Angels are merely spirits sent to serve people who are going to be saved. The Good News Bible says, What are the angels then? They are spirits who serve God and are sent by Him to help those who are to receive salvation. International Standard Version says, All of them are spirits on a divine mission, sent to serve those who are about to inherit salvation, aren't they? I want understanding of their place. Now, let me be clear. We do not worship angels. We do not glorify angels. We do not seek to exalt angels. Our focus, our attention, our praise, our adoration is to God and God alone. But we understand from the clear and specific word of the Lord that these angels are ministering spirits that are sent forth. And they're not sent forth to minister to them who are the heirs of salvation. They're sent forth to minister for them. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. That, that little word, not to them. I've heard it quoted before. To them. Minister to them. No, no, no. To minister for them. All right? That word minister there, it's quite interesting to me. It specifically in this passage in Hebrew means service, ministering, especially of those who execute the commands of others. Now, I don't believe for a moment that we, in some casual, willy-nilly manner, I don't know if you understand that term, willy-nilly, that's a southern term, loosey-goosey, willy-nilly, whatever. We don't, in some casual manner, we don't command angels. You understand? I do believe, under the inspiration and the utterance of the Spirit of God, that the Holy Ghost, speaking through us, can speak and send them. All right? The very word minister there speaks especially of those who execute the commands of others. Ministering spirits sent forth. It's very interesting to me, and some of you will get this, some of you, you haven't, uh, you haven't been exposed to some of the teaching that some in here have because of classes we've done and different things. That's not a knock, it's just a, a reality right now. That word minister comes from the Greek word diakonia, where we get the word deacon from. But here we're talking about angels. And they're sent forth to serve for them who are the heirs. Now, I want you to understand when, 
when I left here a couple of Thursday nights ago and got in my car and drove to the airport, as I was driving and praying, there was a witness in my vehicle of angelic activity. When I was in the Midwest between Missouri and Arkansas, there were a couple of mornings in prayer. I thought, man, I'm going to sleep. I've been up late. The time clock's changed. But I woke up early and just went and sat in a chair and began to wait on the Lord, talk to the Lord. And there was at least two times where I was overwhelmed by how much, and I'm like, Lord, what in the world is going on? There was so much angelic activity, and I, I was just waiting, waiting. I don't, and I, I'm still not completely sure what was happening there. I don't know if the Lord was just wanting me to recognize that, look, I have a host that is present. I have a host that is, and now they're not just there to have wings and look pretty and paint some picture. They are ministering spirits sent forth. I need to recognize this. Now, Bear with me. We're going to go through the word. You're going to see some things in scripture. The problem is people our our idea has been convoluted by man's creation of what they think angels are and do. We got these cute little bitty angels that are chubby and got little wings and cute little smiles and they're sitting together and they look all cuddly. Well, that's the dumbest thing compared to what I read in scripture. They don't look like that. At least not any I've read about. A flaming sword standing at the Garden of Eden. That don't sound like chubby and cuddly to me. Sorry, if you, if you consider yourself chubby and cuddly, I'm not picking on anybody. Let's get back here, lest I get in trouble. No. But these... No, do you understand how our mind and, and the world, the idea in the world can taint our view of the word of God? And so we have this false picture of what angels are. We have this picture of them being cute and warm and fuzzy. Oh, no, no, no. They have purpose. They have function. They are designed by God. They serve his purpose. And according to the word of God, they serve us who are the ministers of salvation or the heirs of salvation. I, I didn't write it. I don't think they serve me like they come polish my shoes. But no, 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 no. They serve you and I as the body of Christ for the work of the kingdom of God in the earth. You know what? I've been guilty of saying, man, I, I'm, I'm not saying lately, but in the past, I've been guilty of saying, man, I, I just wish I had more people to work with. Anybody ever wish you had more to work with? You know what I'm talking about? The scripture reveals to me through this word, I have a host of angels by the design of God. When you and I get in alignment as the body of Christ with him. They are ministering spirits that are sent forth to serve and execute commands for those of us that are the heirs of salvation. You see, how does that work? Let's see what the word says about how that works. Acts chapter 5, verse 17 through 19. You may just have to write these down because if I take the time to read all of these and walk through all this, we're probably going to be here two hours. And that just made some of you nervous. And so... I, well, let's read fast, okay? Let, let's read fast. It won't be two hours. Some of you are like, oh, no. It won't be. Don't worry. It won't be. Uh, unless the Holy Ghost just 
decides that's what it is. But Acts 5 and 17. Some of you sit down and watch a two and a half hour movie. So can I get an amen? amen. All right. And it ain't doing nothing for you. Acts 5 and 17. This is important. I know I'm being a little lighthearted, but this is so critical and important. Acts 5 and 17 says, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is, this is important, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Verse 19, But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth. And the angel said, verse 20, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Now you see what just happened there? Apostles, believers, those that are the heirs of salvation were cast in prison by Sadducees. That's hilarious to me, and here's why it's so funny. Because if you read the book of Acts, the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection, and the Sadducees don't believe in angels. Read it, it's in the book of Acts. And so the Sadducees... The sect of the Sadducees threw the apostles, the heirs of salvation, in prison. And the Lord said, you know what? Angel. No, it says an angel. An angel was sent by the Lord. And notice, I, I have scripture for this. Angels open prison doors. Is that what they did? And angels gave instruction to spirit-filled believers. Now, I'm not going around looking, going, God, send me an angel to tell me what to do. Don't do that garbage. That'll get you in trouble. Again, we're not seeking angels. We're not worshiping angels. We're not trying to get instruction from angels. I know people that get into that, and they get led away because they start entertaining familiar spirits. Looks like, feels like, sounds like, but it's not God. So don't misunderstand tonight. We're not pursuing angels. We're just understanding their role and their function and their operation working with us and according to the scripture for us in this hour that we live in. And I'm telling you, we are going to see increased activity. It's interesting if you study the scripture, we find angels mentioned more in the book of Revelation than any other book in the Bible. You know what that tells me? At the end of time, they're a lot more involved and active than they've ever been. Now, so the angel opened the prison doors, the angel brought them out, and the angel gave them words and instruction on what to do. You see that? They were angels that were serving them, who are the heirs of salvation. All right. Go with me to uh, Acts chapter 8. We're just going to look in the book of Acts. So we're just going to see what they did with the church. Is that fair? Acts chapter 8 and verse 26. Watch this. Now we're in Samaria, right? Great revival in Samaria. This is great things taking place. Maybe we'll start at verse 25 since he's already got 26 up there. That'll really be fun. Acts 8 and 25 and says, And they, this is the disciples, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem. So that would be Peter and John. And preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. What's beautiful about that, I've never seen this before, is Peter and John went down to Samaria because they heard what was happening. 
And God filled people with the Holy Ghost. And then when Peter and John, I've never seen this before. When Peter and John went back, they were like, oh, we should probably preach to the villages that have Samaritans in them now too. They got revelation while they were down there praying for people. Verse 26, so this has happened. Philip was the one that God had really used to baptize people, to heal, to do these works through. Verse 26, and the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, arise, go toward the south. Verse 27, and he arose and went. So again, we see an angel of the Lord involved in the work of the kingdom of God. Now, this is very significant to me in this passage of Scripture because here we see, and we know the rest of the story, right? Philip went out toward the desert, and there he is. He's walking along in the desert, following the instruction of the Lord through the angel that was sent to him, and he sees the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Spirit of the Lord speaks to him and says, Go join yourself to that man. And he does. And the Ethiopian eunuch is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So an angel was used of God to direct a spirit-filled believer where he would not have been, but the angel was used in the harvest of the Ethiopian unit. Does that make sense? He was a ministering spirit. The angel was a ministering spirit sent forth. Why didn't the angel go to the Ethiopian eunuch? Ah, hold on to that. But I want you to notice... The angel spoke to the spirit-filled believer in order to move them to reach a soul. You see that? Acts chapter 10. Verse number 1. Again, I'm going to read fast. I'm trusting you're there and you can follow along. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. He was a centurion of the band called the Italian band. He was a devout man, one that feared God with all of his house, gave much alms to the people, prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying to him, so this angel shows up, this angel speaks to him. And when Cornelius looked on him, verse 4, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And the angel said to him, your prayers and alms are come up from a more before God. Verse 5, the angel still speaking. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Verse 7, and when the angel which spake to Cornelius was departed. So here we find an angel sent forth. But this time, the angel does not go to a spirit-filled believer. This time, the angel goes to a hungry heart. And the angel tells the hungry heart, go get a spirit-filled believer. I think this is important to recognize in Acts, 5 and Acts, or Acts 8 and Acts 10. In the one, we see an angel tell a spirit-filled believer, go there. So you can meet up with a hungry heart that's not yet filled with the Spirit. In Acts 10, we see it worked the other way. The angel comes to a hungry heart and says, go there and get a Spirit-filled believer. What's the point? The point is, however God chooses for the angels to work with us, that's His business. 
Sometimes he may come and say, hey, you need to go here, and you don't understand why. But then you meet and intersect, intersect with a hungry heart. That divine appointment takes place. But just as assuredly, according to the word of God, an angel can go to a heart that's hungry and tell them, hey, you need to go and get a hold of Brother Joel Garcia. That guy you know that was fixing your stainless steel and doing all that welding stuff, you need to talk to him. He'll tell you what you ought to do. Some of y'all believe in that. Some are like, well, I don't know, it sounded good in Acts, but you just got real. Come on, we got to know. It's, God's no respecter of persons. They are ministering spirits sent forth for them, to minister for them. This is the word of God. This is how they worked with the church. They worked together with the church. I'm telling you, I got so much faith for this. And this is a gift of the Lord. This isn't something I figured out. Don't, this is a gift. I recognize God has given me this gift. Just in these last few weeks, the way he's been dealing with me. Man, I've been praying, God, according to your word and according to your will, you gave us a precedence in Scripture. You had a man that had a hungry heart, and you sent an angel to that hungry heart and told him who to ask for. God, throughout this valley, I'm praying, send angels to hungry hearts and tell them who to ask for. Send them and tell them where to go. Send them and tell them who to reach to. Send them and tell them who they know that they can talk to. According to your word, you gave us precedence, Lord. Send them in Jesus' name. And I have faith for it. And just as assuredly, I have faith that God can come to you and send an angel to you if he chooses. Send us a direction. Cause our lives to intersect with a hungry heart. We have the precedence in Scripture. This is them being sent forth to minister for us. We're not laboring alone. Now, the scripture teaches, the Lord said, the harvest is white, laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he, he would send forth, you read that before? Laborers into the harvest. Now, I believe that's talking about you and I. But I also have some faith to pray that for you and I. And to pray that he would send ministering spirits forth to labor. I believe there are angels of harvest. Reaping angels. Why do you think, why do you think the world calls the angel of death the grim reaper? That's not the one we want to. You ever think about these things? There are harvesting angels. There ain't no way you and I are going to. We're going to need the supernatural work of these ministering spirits sent by God to reap the harvest in the last day. And I feel this activity that's taking place is the indicator of where we are in time. In Jesus name. It's all right. Acts chapter 12. I'm hurrying. Acts chapter 12, verse 7. Peter's in prison. He got thrown in prison. Verse 7. 
And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. A light shined in the prison. The angel smote Peter on the side. So I have word that says angels can smack people. There's some I'm going to start praying this for. No, I'm kidding. Now, please hear me. We have this thing that we do that we read the word of God and we separate it from reality. If we're not careful. Peter was a real man. He was really in a real prison. A real angel from the Lord showed up in that prison. And the angel of the Lord physically smote him on the side. I think he was probably asleep based on the way this reads. Told him to get up, to get dressed. He raised him up. So apparently, I don't know if he did it supernaturally and just went, and Peter got up, or if he reached out. And, I, I don't know. But he did it. The Bible says he raised him up. I sort of picture he just reached down and said, come on, it's time to go. Now get your coat and let's go. And it says he raised him up. And he said, arise quickly. And when he did, Peter's chains fell off. Peter didn't do that. The angel of the Lord caused the chains to fall off. Verse 8. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself, bind on your sandals. So he did. And he said to him, Put your garment about you, follow me. Verse 9. He went out, followed him. And Peter didn't even know it was true that it was done by an angel. He thought he was seeing a vision. I think he was. You ever, you ever been asleep and had a dream and you thought, man, this seems so real. And then you wake up and realize it wasn't. I think this was the other way around. That's really what I think based on the way this. I think it was just the other way around. Peter was asleep. And he got smote on the side. He woke up and told him to get up and get dressed. Again. So he thought he was having a dream. And he follows out. And until he gets outside. He thought he saw a vision. But once they were past the first and the second ward, and they came to the iron gate, which opened to them of his own accord, and they went out and passed on through one street, and the angel departed from him. Now watch verse 11. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod. The Lord sent his angel. They are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who are the heirs of salvation. The Lord said, I, I'm not done with Peter. Where's one of those angels that's, sent, that's created to serve that heir of salvation? Go down there. Wake him up. Get the chains off. Get him out of that prison. Get him beyond the iron gate. Get him there and then leave him. And this angel of the Lord did these things. Again, I'm not seeking or pursuing them. I want us to see in Scripture how they work with and for the kingdom of God. With and for the kingdom of God. Verse 23, we see a very, in Acts chapter 12, we see a very different approach. Or working of angels. It says, and immediately... 
the angel of the Lord smote him. Oh, there's a smote again. This is a different one. This was Herod it's speaking about. It smote him because he gave not God the glory. In other words, he was taking glory upon himself. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. So here we see an angel. Now, he was still sent forth to serve those that are the heirs of salvation. Herod was killing spirit-filled believers. And so when Herod decided to speak and take glory that he shouldn't have been taken, the Lord said, I'm sending you forth to serve my heirs of salvation. And the angel went forth and smote Herod and he died. Acts 27. It's the last verse I'm going to read in case you were thinking, man, how much longer? Acts 27, verse 22. Paul is speaking here. And he says, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer. These people are in a storm. They're afraid they're going to die. Paul says, be of good cheer. There shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Why? Verse 23. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. He wasn't serving the angel. He was serving God. Whom I serve. And the angel, verse 24, said, Fear not, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given you all them that sail with you. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. They are ministering spirits. Sent forth to minister for them. Who shall be heirs of salvation. They have purpose and function. With and for the church of the living God. When you. Go into a Bible study. I believe. That God can and will. Send angels before you and after you to deal with hearts, to prepare hearts, to cause questions to come. I, I don't doubt that there's times people have heard from an angel that God sent and didn't even realize that's what it was. They just thought the thought was something they had. I, I think of and I'm not trying to say this was the case, but it's, what, it's something I think of. I, I think of Sister Mary's friend Amber that was getting ready to get baptized, was thinking about baptism. And then in a moment, she remembered that Sister Mary had said something to her sometime back in the past. And that thought came back to her in that moment about the truth of the word of God and baptism. 
And she hesitated and reached out to Sister Mary. I don't think that thought just came of her own human reasoning. The Lord, however he chose, I believe, caused that thought to come to her. We must understand from the precedents we see throughout Scripture. And I just did the book of Acts. Dig in the Word of God. You begin digging in the Word of God and looking at all of the things they do. They are laborers together with us. And they far outnumber they that are in the world. They far outnumber. I didn't read it. You can go read it. I promise it's in there. It's in the book of Revelation. You need to understand they are quite powerful. They are quite powerful. Um, you've, you've probably heard in the scripture where it says that Satan was bound with a chain and cast into the pit. Anybody ever read that or heard that? You know, I, I don't, I'm sure I'd read it many times, but it never stuck with me before. You can stand with me. Never stuck with me like this before when I read it this time. The Bible says there in Revelation that the Lord sent an angel. He didn't send a host of angels. God didn't say, I'm going to go do this now. The Bible says that the Lord sent an angel with a chain to bind Lucifer and cast him into the pit. You know what that tells me? Lucifer's not as tough as he thinks he is. The Lord sent one angel when it's time. It's just a matter of time. And when it was time, the Lord sent one angel. All it took was one that's on our side. To bind the one that's wreaking havoc in the world. That's how powerful the ones are. That are on our side. If God be for us. Who can be against us? We need a revelation. Of whose we are. And God's system. Working with us. The challenge is. You and I live in this world. And so we daily see and hear and interact in this world system. This world system is the adversary's world system. And the problem with that is we start thinking that this world system is greater than God's system. And we need revelation and understanding that the Spirit of God is trying to give us that says the system that He bought us out of and into His system. We are in this world, but not of this world. When we were born again of water and of Spirit, He birthed us into His kingdom. And in His kingdom... 
There is more authority, more power than anything in this world system. It's why the prophet Isaiah declared in Isaiah 14 that when we finally see Lucifer and we look upon that angel, because you understand he's just a fallen angel, that we will look and say, is this the one that caused the world to tremble? Is this the one that we were, I'm paraphrasing, but go read it in Isaiah 14, 15, 16, 17. Those are the verses. It's Isaiah 14 and 14, 15, 16, 17, right in there. Scripture's literally saying, we're going to look at him. And we're going to go, how is it that this is the one that caused us to quake? Because in that day, we're going to have clear revelation and understanding of who we are in Christ and whose we are in Christ. And the fact that they that are with us are far greater than they that be with them. We need understanding and revelation. I pray God grant us understanding. Let our eyes not shift to angels, Lord. Let our eyes stay fixed on you and the cause of Christ. But give us revelation and understanding that we are not working alone. That we are not operating in this world system. But you have ministering spirits sent forth by you, the living God. To minister for us who are the heirs of salvation. That you have angelic laborers. That you can and will send through the prayers of your people, through spiritual utterance, to reach to lost loved ones, to reach to those that are captive, to open prison doors, to wake up those that sleep, to rescue those that have lost their way, to send direction and clarity, to bring into the path of a spirit-filled believer. Open our understanding. Open our understanding, Lord. Let us not seek, Father, to pursue angels, but let our eyes be fixed in pursuit of you and give us revelation of the fact that you're using them to work with us for your kingdom, for your glory, for your purpose in this hour. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I asked a question earlier. And I, I want to finish with this. I don't think I answered the question. I'm sure most of you just figured it out. But the question I asked was, why didn't the angel just go to Cornelius' house? Why did the angel show up to Cornelius and say, go get Peter? Clearly, Cornelius was listening and obedient. Why did the angel tell Philip to go towards the desert so that he would meet the Ethiopian eunuch? Why didn't the angel just go into the desert? You understand why, of course. Angels can't share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because angels 
are not heirs of salvation. They are simply created beings to serve God's purpose and plan. But the scripture says there's a song of the redeemed. There's things that angels desire to look into, but they can't because they can't comprehend. They don't know what it is to be washed by the blood of the lamb and made clean and whole. They don't know what it is to be bought with a price and delivered from sin. All they know is that if iniquity's found, they're cast out. They which watched Lucifer and one third of the angels get cast out over iniquity. They don't know what it is to have the blood of Christ wash over a soul and be made clean and whole. And so they can only direct and serve. But you and I are the ones that have to speak and declare the gospel. We know they can speak. We saw it. But they can't share the gospel. Only you and I can do that. And so the Lord will use them. I know you're not lost. The Lord will use them to bring a lost soul into our company. But we have to speak. The Lord will use them to send them to a lost soul. Send you or I to a lost soul. But a man or a woman has to speak. The angel. The angels cannot declare the gospel. They can't comprehend it. They don't understand it. But for those of us that have been blood washed. It's why in heaven. There was an old song, I'm not going to sing it, that said, we're going to sing a song the angels cannot sing. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You understand, where the Ethiopian eunuch was reading when Philip met him in the desert was in the book of Isaiah. And he was reading where it said, like a sheep before his shears was dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And who shall declare his generation? The angels couldn't explain that. But the Lord said, I have somebody that can. Angel, go get Philip. Just tell him to head south. He'll obey. He can declare it. You and I can declare the message. We must recognize. I believe with every fiber of my being. I believe that as we have prayed and as we continue to pray. That the spirit of God is sending angels. Throughout these valleys. Into homes. To hearts that are hungry and searching and going God. I believe in you, but there's got to be more. I still don't feel full. There's something missing in my life yet. That's where Cornelius was, you understand? He was a believer. He prayed. He was devout. His house feared God. But there was something missing. So God sent an angel to him and said, go get a spirit-filled believer. If God would do it for Cornelius, he would do it for the 250,000 souls in these valleys. And I am praying to that end. 
Lord, according to your will and according to your word, I ask you in the wisdom and the knowledge and the power of God, according to your design, Father, I pray send forth ministering spirits into these valleys. Send forth ministering spirits into these valleys to the heart that's hungry, to the soul that is searching, to the life that is lost, to the prisoner that is captive. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And quicken us, Lord, to be responsive and obedient to declare the gospel, to share your word and your truth, that the will of God would be wrought and accomplished. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Come on, if you're teaching a Bible study, you're not working alone. We're not working alone. We may not see these servants of the Lord, but the Lord is sending them. The Lord is using them. The Lord is doing this, working with us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you tonight. Thank you for your openness and reception of the word of the Lord. Go in Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you.